Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. The OG3 are here. I promise we will have a guest soon. We're actually going to have one next week. Today, we're going to cover a, a subject that kind of blends all of our worlds together. We've got beef, dairy, and Emily's world of farm safety and mental health all coming together. I know it, I say it's Emily's world. It's everyone's world that we all live in, but mostly it's Emily's world. And this is the Emily show. The topic today is talking about management decisions that we can make that affect our mental health and help us be a better person inside our operation uh, moving forward, both beef and dairy. So that's kind of where we're headed today. Uh, and it, it can be a tricky thing, a tricky thing. Emily, what's the first thing that comes to mind when, when this topic comes up? The first thing that comes to mind for me is just how important it is that we're talking about this. Um, you know, when, when we're thinking about mental health and, and how much we know now about that, how it impacts, you know, our ability to function day to day. And so we want to make sure we're functional so that we can be good managers of our cows. And so just thinking about, yeah, mental health management, like managing your mental health is management for your farm too. And I think the the hardest thing for me when we talk about all this is it's so hard to place a production value on your, your mental health. I don't know what it's worth. I don't know how to measure it. There's, there's not a good way to say, okay, if you're this much happier, this much more satisfied with your job, how, what is, how does that translate to production in your herd? But I know it's worth something and it's probably worth quite a bit because all those little things that you do, when you're, you're feeling good and you're in a good spot with your mental health, uh, those add up because a lot of times when your mental health is suffering, you're not doing those little things and you don't have the time to get those other things done. So it's a balancing act and it's something that you have to think about constantly. It's a team effort usually on a farm to make all these things happen. But there are certain decisions that, that we've thought of and we've, we've kind of gone through the list of things that we think about when we think about mental health and management decisions. So we're going to bounce back and forth between the beef and the dairy world. I think it's all still relevant. One of the things that we've already talked about and we've covered recently is housing our calves. So I know, Brad, this is kind of rehash the differences between individual housing, paired housing, group housing, and how that looks for labor. Uh, well, you, definitely, you're going to have a lot less labor when you group your animals uh, compared to individual. Uh, the more calves you can feed at once, the less labor it's going to take. Obviously, there's still some labor to it, still some thought to it, but there's savings, definitely. And, and Emily, make sure that I'm right on this. But a lot of times when we're talking about management decisions that could benefit our mental health, we're just talking about saving time or saving labor. Because most of what we think about for stress when we talk about dairy and beef operations is, is money and time. So if we can figure out a way to, to save time without sacrificing too much money, I think that's uh, that's where we're looking on a lot of these management decisions. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a really great way to explain it, Joe. And I was going to say that it also includes, you know, physical health too. To me, physical health comes down to time as well. If you don't have the time because you feel like you're so strapped in your cattle operation and you don't have time to work out, 
Now, I mean, that's a little bit of a misnomer and and shout out to uh, Jason Meadows at Egg State of Mind, where he's always talking about you have the choice and there's always a choice in how you want to do things and and how you balance everything and the hierarchy of importance of things. And I, I think he would say that you have the choice to take that time for yourself to get your physical health right, get your mental health right. And yeah, there's there's choices that that things that might go differently on your farm because of that choice, but it's still an incredibly important choice. A lot of this is freeing up time for you to work on yourself, both physically and mentally. And that includes family time, because I know a lot of people have kids out there and they're sporting events left and right. Brad's got kids in basketball. Uh, He's constantly running around, probably feels like a shuttle service, right, Brad? Yeah, pretty much. I drive a mean vehicle all over Morris. The dad taxi. Exactly. And, and farmers are in that same boat. Uh, and so I think that's the that's the key. There's all these different choices. And we're just trying to figure out, are there management decisions out there that can can help your mental health or, or difficult decisions that you're maybe feeling guilty about making, which definitely happens because it might sacrifice a little bit of production. But my, my argument is going to be that if you can improve your mental health, get some of the things done that are really important to you, it's going to balance out, if not be better overall in the long term. Yeah. And, you know, I always tell people like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That's going to be hard. You're going to have to really work on, on rewiring your brain and thinking about, yes, my work is very demanding and it's very important. And it means a lot to me, but taking time for myself doesn't mean that I'm disrespecting that. And that's something that, like I said, takes time, takes some work. Uh, but it's, it's something I have done. I've, you know, done and undone it a few times, but it's, it's really worth it to, to be able to, you know, give yourself that discipline to, to reteach yourself that self-care is important. Self-care is not selfish. I mean, one of the examples we've already talked about is that you can group house calves and that might give you more time back. Now, I mean, initially that's going to come with the drawbacks of, the initial investment for equipment to be able to change your operation to do that. There's definitely a learning curve like we talked about before. And and that one, I think, is a pretty straightforward decision when you lay out everything that you have in front of you. You know what the factors are, the pros, the cons. Everything is pretty straightforward. The, The issue comes when we get into some of these other decisions like, should I milk three times a day or should I milk twice? That's a big decision. It comes down to labor a lot of the time. Do you have the help to do it? If you're on your own, it comes down to how much time do you have to actually do these kind of things? Because we know that if we milk three times a day, we're probably going to see more production. But is that worth it in the overall scheme of things when we're balancing time and labor and your own mental health? Those are kind of decisions that are really difficult to make because it's a clear decision to say, I'm going to give up production which is money. But overall, what else does it do to the farm? What are the other factors involved? And that, and that's the kind of decision that we're talking about that becomes a much more difficult thing to work through. So I'm going to, first of all, argue that you should involve the team. Don't try to make these decisions on your own. Don't try to do it on your own. There's plenty of people that can help you through this decision, not just your family and your employees on the farm, but your nutritionist, of course, your veterinarian, there's so many people that can um, help you. Your extension educator. I'm sorry. That should have been first on the list. Your extension yeah. educator, especially your local ones that know you really well. 
those are the people you reach out to and can connect you to the people that can help you make these kind of decisions. Eventually, you could probably even get all the way up the chain to Dr. Bradley J. Hines, and he might be able to give you some insight as well. Only if you're lucky. I do, and I give great advice. There, You heard it there. He's available and gives great advice. This is one that I encountered in practice all the time. You know, should I milk three times a day? Should I milk twice? What does that mean for labor? Uh, dropping from three times a day to, to twice a day really comes down to the size of your farm, your employees, and how can they make that work? A lot of times it's, do you have employees that are willing to work split shifts like that? Because that, that's a huge, huge factor. Brad, you guys milk twice a day, I assume? We milk twice a day, only twice a day. Labor is always an issue trying to balance everything, and it's, it's not easy. And we're a little bit different kind of a dairy. We're more grass-based and a little bit lower production. But it has the same aspects. If you go from three times a day to two times a day, there are some places where we've gone to once a day milking towards the end of lactation to save on labor and save headache, especially when I push the herd to 300 milking cows and everybody doesn't like that. Uh, so it's like, okay, well, we'll milk 40 cows once a day that are going to dry off to help ease everybody's mental uh, anguish and uh, just make things, everybody feel a little bit better that we're not having to milk so many cows like that when everybody has other things to do as well. So I, I think it, it has the same aspects from whether you go from 3X to 2X or herds like us that are 2X and might go to 1X. And there's a lot of thought behind that as well, especially from the grazing world. There's no shortage of things to do on any farm. So it's not like that time's going to be all of a sudden empty. We all know that farmers are going to fill that time immediately, but that's valuable. You know, you've got going from three to two or two to one, that, that's time that you freed up to do something else that you want to get done. And it doesn't have to be on the farm. That's the thing that I, I see a lot of people, especially uh, smaller farms and tie stalls, they make big changes to management to accommodate things they want to do. I think I, I might even mentioned it recently on the podcast where I've known several farmers that will milk noon and midnight so that they can get to sporting events, you know, and this isn't just a, okay, one year we're going to do that. You know, they've got four kids and they're going to do it for every senior year for every kid. So they're going to do four years of this milking noon and midnight overall so they can get to sporting events. That's a huge management decision, but it has big benefits for their mental health and their family by being able to get to these sporting events that are super important to everybody in the family. So uh, management decisions, uh, I think it's something that most farmers probably think about this in the back of their mind, and they might not be realizing that they're kind of weighing that in. And I think we're all just encouraging you to consciously weigh that in and make sure it's a big piece of every management decision. Yeah. And Joe, I, I really like that you shared that story again. And I think it's important too to mention that, you know, we we live in a culture that the more you're doing, the better. And you need to remember that more doesn't have to just be work. And if you do decide to decrease milking per day or, you know, anything where you're kind of going backwards in a sense, that doesn't mean that you're failing or that you weren't successful 
doing it three times a day or whatever it was. Um, you know, it's, it's again, kind of, kind of a mindset shift that you need to work on. Um, but knowing that, you know, taking time off so that you can be with your family and, and make sure those relationships are strong for me, no brainer. Agreed. And I know that probably the beef guys at this point in the podcast are feeling super left out. So we should probably get to some of those things as well and talk about some examples on the beef side. One of the big things that we talk about is calving season on the beef side. And this can apply to your seasonally calving dairies too, potentially, unless you're like Brad and you just calve both spring and fall because he wants to and and he's a, a sucker for punishment. But the big thing with with calving season on the on the beef side is it's a little bit different conversation because a lot of our beef producers, especially in Minnesota, are not beef producers full time. They have a day job. They're doing something else. And so because the beef side becomes a side hustle or a hobby, uh, something they're doing in it to supplement their income rather than it being their primary source. Now, that's not true for everybody. Obviously, there's plenty of beef producers that produce beef, feedlot or cow calf, and that's their primary income. But I mean, for me, on calving season is a huge factor in this. If you got a day job and you're not wanting to, to deal with mud and uh, cold temperatures, random snowstorms, then fall calving might be an excellent management decision. You know, you've got cattle on pasture, combine that with a calving ease bull. And now you've got really nice conditions, long days to work so that after work, you're not working in the dark with just a headlamp or your kid holding the flashlight and trying to work that way. That can make a big difference in how much stress you have during that calving season. So I think it's a it's a great management decision to, to help your mental health and to reduce that stress on the farm. So calving season is a huge piece of that. Additionally, we talk about calving distribution. You know, I'm, I'm a vet, so I'm guilty of pushing everyone to just tighten everything up as tight as it can have all those calves pretty much on top of each other. Well, sometimes it's not realistic. Um, and I forget about that. I'm guilty of that for sure. If you're working alone or you don't have all that much help having 85, 90% of your calves in a two to three week window might be just horribly painful. Uh, and almost impossible to get done. So again, another management decision, if you got to stretch that out, you got to stretch it out. And that's a, that's a good management decision you can make. Now, it, again, it's sacrificing some production, but is that made up for and how well you can take care of your calves because you're feeling better and you're more motivated at work? No doubt. Our colleagues over in egg business management and uh, specifically Jim Sulfur, uh, with the dairy team would be incredibly disappointed with us if we didn't talk about some of the other things that can can help us with our mental health as we move forward. One of those things is transition planning. And I'm going to turn it over to Emily because she knows way more about this than I ever will. Oh boy, that's kind of a lot of pressure. Transition planning is is a long, complicated topic and, and we're not going to get deep in the weeds on it today. But, you know, as we think about planning for the future of the farm and, and how that may tie into giving you some peace of mind and, and knowing you have this piece in place, just starting the process. And you've heard me say before on this podcast that it's a process that takes many years. 
going to take time. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be hard, but it is something that I always tell farmers, like the sooner, the better that you do this, because once you have it done, you will feel like a weight has been lifted off your chest. Um, and, and I've had farmers tell me that, that they're like, it felt so good to just know we have our transition plan done, you know, and, and these are people that in, that are in their forties, fifties, and they have their transition plans done. And yeah, over time, if they want to, they can go in and change them. But in the event of someone's untimely passing, there's a safety net there. There's something there. Uh, so it's not going to be complete chaos and confusion because there will be some sort of a guide. That peace of mind is worth a lot. Um, and I think, again, it's one of those things that probably a lot of people think about and then push to the back of their mind because there's so many other things going on the farm that they feel take precedent precedence. But for me, I mean, again, it's peace of mind type things like, you know, that that's another weight that's off your shoulders and you you don't even have to think about it anymore. And so when you are on the farm, you're really present. You're not thinking about these other possibilities. One of the last things I want to talk about is the lack of time that, that, that farmers take to socialize with other farmers. And, and it's a huge piece. I, I mean, personally, I'm a little bit of an extrovert, so I like to see other people and inter and interacting with, with people is something that recharges me. I'm better at my job when I take the time to socialize and see other people, meet new people, learn new things. That's what keeps me going. So I think, Again, you know, one of the things you can do is take those extra five minutes, those 10 minutes when you run into town, talk to people, see people, don't race back to the farm. That's valuable time and it's good for you to do. Um, when you head to the auction market or the sale barn, you know, take some extra time and hang out, grab a cup of coffee with someone you haven't seen for a while. Those are really valuable connections that, that really pay off uh, for you on your farm and your mental health as well our emotional health and wellness is really tied to a lot of our social relationships too. And so if you, you know, remember my three-legged milking stool of wellness, um, you know, physical, mental, we kind of know how to do those and then emotional. And yeah, so social relationships are a really big part of that. We need to be able to share our feelings. Doesn't matter if you're an extrovert or an introvert, you will feel that way. Um, and so I think, yeah, that it's super important that you take the time to, you know, talk to people just so you know what's going on. And, and so you have time to catch people up on what you're doing, too. Um, that's that's really important, I think. All of the things we talked about today, they all apply to you. They also apply to your family members and your employees. So when you're making these decisions and you're talking about all of these things that we're concerned about your mental health and how much time you have to do the things you want to do, all of that trickles down and it applies to everybody else that's involved on the farm. So having them involved in these decisions, again, you don't have to make the decisions alone. And there are going to be factors that play into that with these other people that are involved. So keep that in mind. It's a part of this whole thing that Emily talks about with creating a good culture on your farm and making sure that we involve everyone in those decisions and making sure that we're taking care of everybody, watching out for everybody else that's involved in the farm as well. I couldn't have said it better myself, Joe. I'm telling you, I listen to you when you talk. I really do. That's very sweet. I appreciate that, Joe. Thank you.
Well, I think that's the perfect place to wrap it. If anybody has questions for us, feel free to get a hold of us. We're happy to help you work through these decisions. Admittedly, Brad says he gives amazing advice. So we might kick all the questions to Brad, but I think he'll be okay with that. Gladly. I'll take anything I can get. Perfect. All right. Wrap us up, Em. All right. If you have questions, concerns, or scathing rebuttals, as always, you can email those to themoosroom at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. You can follow us on Twitter at UMN Moosroom and at UMN Farm Safety. You can also follow the Morris Dairy on Instagram at U-M-N-W-C-R-O-C Dairy. Perfect. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Oh my God. And visit our website, extension.umn.edu. Always go to the website. Bye. Bye. Bradley, say bye. Bye. So, yeah, that's not a grand point like I thought it was, but I think I had more, but it's gone. Um...